0: It's the remix. Bob, square pants. Who is fit? 20.
1: You said fritz yes, or yeah. fit?
0: Who is fit? 20. No. That, I mean, Coach Reed does, you know, he, he has some of those things, you know, each game. And look, the game was still, you know, at that point, still we were still competing in it. And they were trying to score if they felt like that was a play that could give them an opportunity to score a touchdown, which it almost did, you know. so. You know, I mean, there's shovel passes. I mean, I've run flea flickers and all that kind of stuff. And like I said, just because the game was in the fourth quarter doesn't mean it was out of hand yet. So, no, I did not at all.
2: Windows my whole career.
3: Obviously, losing Devontae was uh, a, a big deal. But
2: we didn't uh, fill that void. And, I mean, nobody can. He's, you know, he's superhuman. He's phenomenal. But there was hope in, in certain things that was going to fill that void. And ultimately, that just didn't happen. The things that we were able to do, I think, you know, may have been taken for granted at times because we were able to create so many different things in the moment um, over the years, and especially over the last couple years, because uh, not much really changed other than his absence from, from the lineup, obviously Marquez not being here, uh, and some other pieces in the line, but I think that there's a lot of good young talent on the team, and if certain guys make the jumps from years one to two, this offense could look a little bit different. It's all dog around this mug. Just crushed my dreams.
0: Boom, sadness. That's the one. Well, Miami made official. Tua is out. I was gonna say a couple Bob of NFL updates here. Pants.
2: <laughs> Tua <laughs> is out for this weekend's playoff game against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted that they are preparing as if Skylar Thompson will start, which would mean Teddy Bridgewater would also either be out or backing up Skylar Thompson uh, for a playoff game again. Bills, Dolphins, and we're gonna get Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Also, Bengals, Ravens, and this is not been officially ruled out, but it appears as though Lamar Jackson won't play, giving us a combination of Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown at quarterback for the Ravens. That's no fun. Um, no. Yeah, like you, like we talked. I did yesterday about the whole uh, quarterbacks in the AFC, and if you, if everybody was healthy. You just go through the AFC quarterbacks in the playoffs, and it's Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lawrence, Herbert, Lamar, Tua. That's an incredible seven quarterbacks that are in the postseason. Yeah, we're getting Skyler Thompson. Now you're getting
0: lo- no Lamar, no Tua.
2: Yeah, Tyler Huntley. Yeah, that's not as much fun. At least what we know, well, maybe I guess there could be an upset, but at least what we know is
3: Patrick
2: the division round. Who's that, Jared? Patrick. Oh, okay. okay. The division round will Patrick be
3: Casteris.
2: Mahomes, Allen, I'm done. Burrow, and then one of Herbert or Lawrence. So the division round will be fun. Another update in the NFL. DeMar Hamlin is going home. Yep. Uh, he got basically, he got discharged from the hospital in Cincinnati. He was in a hospital in Buffalo. The Bills just put out a statement this morning saying that DeMar Hamlin has been discharged from the hospital in Buffalo. And that he is going home. So we are nine days since he collapsed on the field Monday night, had to be rushed to the hospital, and DeMar Hamlin is back home. So another. It's amazing. Excellent update. An amazing update on DeMar Hamlin. Um, and I'm, cu- I'm curious what the next amazing announcement is. At the rate it's going, DeMar Hamlin's going to be playing in the AFC <laughs> championship, championship game. game. They're like, oh, yeah, he's
0: great. He's ready to go. Like, DeMar Hamlin's recovery has been incredible. Did you see the report point. yesterday where they sort of came to the conclusion it was the hit? And it was like Jared had said before, like the baseballs and the chess is in between beats. Yeah, and I that's saw people... kind of like what yeah. they think happened. I saw people speculating on that. Instead of... In, other than it not being like a degenerative issue or something right. that was wrong with his heart. That there's handling.
2: just this, it, I guess technically it can happen to anybody, but it's just like if you get hit in the right spot at the right exact what, second. second of your heart, not even second, a like right. millisecond, millisecond of your heartbeat or whatever, that it can just cause it to stop. Right, And that's what they believe happened to Damar Hamlin and ultimately what he's now recovered from and is back home. Um, the other update Ooh. in the NFL. What do you got, Jared? Oh, nothing. They've announced the skill games
3: for the Pro Bowl. Yeah.
2: Okay, hold on. Get get ready because I'm going to do this one. This question first. The Jets are firing their offensive coordinator, Mike the LeFleur. Floor. Did Zach Wilson get him fired? Is that what happened there? Like Zach Wilson He's was gonna so make, bad, <laughs> they were just like, we got to move on
3: from the offensive coordinator. He made his life a living hell.
2: He did. So okay. We often talk about athletes, self-confidence, and the idea that athletes are like, oh, I'm I'm good, I can walk in any situation, whatever, I'm great. Do coaches have that? The self-confidence? Like... Or that they can walk in and make everything great? So... Take take for example, right? Mike McDaniel gets the head coaching job in Miami, makes Tua look great. Tua led the league in passer rating, by the way, this year. Uh Brian Dable takes the job in New York, makes the Giants' offense look the best it's looked in in years. But Mike LaFleur takes the job in New York and cannot fix Zach uh, Wilson. He gets fired, and his quarterback's play not any good, except for like the two times Mike White was healthy enough to start. I, I wonder if coaches have the same mindset where they're like, oh, I can do exactly what Mike McDaniel sure. did. When in reality, like, like let's say the Jets, for example, if for whatever reason Zach Wilson is there, they plan on him to be the starting quarterback next year. Why would you want that job if you're an offensive coordinator? Or would guys that are offensive coordinators say, I can fix him?
0: I think that much like we always say, who would take that guy on? Who would take that guy? And we always say there's always coaches who say that they can do better. There's always teams, general managers, coaches who always say, no, we're going to be different. We're going to be able to fix them. Yeah. So I do think people would be lining up for that office. I mean, how many offensive coordinator jobs are there? There's 32. Right.
2: Like if it's somebody
0: who's never been an
2: OC yeah, before or whatever. Yeah, shot at it. Right. But I guess my question would be more geared toward if somebody had multiple options, right? If you had an offer from two different teams, three different teams. I think you got a different story. You've got to yeah. look at it and be like, "I Zach Wilson is going to make my life hell, right. and we got no chance. I'm getting fired in a year because it's not going to be a good offense
3: again." So basically, what we're saying is, new head coaches are like people in their 20s in relationships. They're just like, "I could fix them." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right, what do you got for us on the, what did they announce?
3: They announced uh, all the skills competitions, and some of these are very difficult to explain. I'm hoping you got the email also to help me out here. But uh, Thursday, February 2nd, we got dodgeball, classic dodgeball. Then we have something called lightning round, which is three rounds. First round is splash catch, where two members of each conference will play Catch with a water balloon. Water balloons? And whoever, like, whoever is left standing wins. And then there's round two where players attempt to catch punts from a jugs machine. Oh.
2: Um, Oh, I need offensive linemen doing that. I swear. Jugs machine?
3: The the ball's
0: not completely soaking wet? Is this the the only splash one or the uh, balloons?
3: Yeah, you throw water balloons until somebody gets well. But I think you, you, you. The problem is, is you can't use the next person. Like that person can't be used. It's like a relay race. Yeah. You yeah. Like, okay. So right. Okay. Basically, you're like, okay, I need my best hands person on the jug machine. No, but
2: they ha- They need to require it. Right, be offensive, offensive line. line I third, do not want. To, hold on. I I do not want to see. Wide receivers catching punts. We
0: don't need to see, well, he's not on the team, but we don't need to see someone like Connor Renfrew. Right.
2: Give me the Colton Millers of the Pro Bowl back right. there catching these punts. Because if you've seen the videos of just the average person who goes out there and tries to catch punts off the yes. jugs machine, yeah. it's
0: no,
3: damn near impossible. It's yeah.
2: Give me these offensive linemen. And because like only one of them is going to catch it and that guy's going to be a hero.
3: Okay. The third phase of the lightning round is basically a dunk tank. It's called Thrill of the Spill where all the remaining players from each conference will aim at targets attached to a bucket hanging above the head of the opposing conference's coach. Oh, <laughs> the coaches I are like involved. I like this idea. Beautiful. Uh we have the longest drive contest, which makes sense. Uh we have the precision passing, which I think was from la- they've had a couple years now and then best catch. It's a catch- This is
2: like their slam dunk contest. Yeah. Uh trying to mimic that like you're supposed to die i think you dive this, on you dive onto
3: a pad and you try to do something creative is like, this
0: all throughout the city or is this all in one place
3: i i have no idea all i know is it will be produced by the same people who produce ninja warrior and this is just thursday we haven't even gotten to sunday sunday has its wait, wait. own the producers of ninja warrior and hell's kitchen Ooh, that's a, that okay that actually makes it better I, I need I need one of the coaches to just scream at one of his players. You're an idiot! I threw a water balloon at you and you didn't come up with it.
2: Oh, we got kick-tack-toe. Kickers and punters playing tic-tac-toe. by You kick a football
3: at a tic-tac-toe board to mark your X in your circle. <laughs> we have an obstacle course. I believe that's what the gridiron gauntlet is. A side-by-side relay race showcasing strength, speed, and agility. It's a four-part gauntlet, 40-yard dash, breakaway walls, climbing over walls, under tables, a tire run, and a blocking sled. Where is all this stuff.
2: Aviators, Las Vegas ballpark, in Summerlin. I mean, they're not playing a game, so just do it at Allegiant, right? Like, you don't have you to worry get about get all the... this
0: stuff in in Allegiant? Yeah. They
2: won't take. I mean, I guess longest drive probably needs to be somewhere else because you're you're shooting. Yeah. You can you can throw water balloons and then catch off a jugs machine and dodgeball. Yeah, you can do pretty much all this. I think right. That's that's pretty easy. All of Allegiant Stadium. Oh, all the field rolls out. You just can do, do out the, the parking uh,
0: lot. You can do the relay race. Yeah,
2: you can do all of it. This is great. Uh, I just need ver- I very much need the players doing whatever. If it's the op- whatever the the game is. That doesn't Doing match the their opposite skill set. of what they their right. skills should really be like this. The blocking sled thing. I don't don't give me the starting guards on no. each team give hunters, me the, right? Give me yes. like a wide yes. receiver and a punter trying to move the sled together. Right. Like just give me the opposite for there needs to be a rule that there needs to be the opposite oh. position gets to do everything. The best catch
3: contest, no wide receivers.
2: Actually, uh, that one's more slam dunk contest, so I want the best possible catch. They'll give me, like, one offensive lineman who goes out there and just does... (laughs) Like, when Dwight Howard dunked on the 12-foot goal, it It didn't look that impressive, but it was like, holy hell, he dunked on a 12-foot goal. Like, because he just made it look too easy, but in reality, that's unreal that you... Yeah, (laughs) the rim's two feet too short for me. I'll just dunk on a 12-footer. It'll be fine. So, yeah, make it as uh, ridiculous as possible. And uh, also... I think we need to have just average person competing alongside. We
3: need them. yeah, I actually I think that's the that is the perfect example of we need Dave out there just being like I finished the course in four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this three hundred and seventy pound man finished it in thirty seven <laughs> seconds.
2: Like yeah, we we need just average NFL fan gets, you know. Hey, you went a trip to the Pro Bowl, and you're doing and you get the competition. You're to
0: be in the skills contest.
2: Just to give us an appreciation of, hey, moving this blocking sled, they made it look easy, but uh, this guy couldn't even move it a foot. Right? That'd be way Would you more want to fun. cover this stuff? Um, Probably not cover it. I just want it to be on my team. Well, that's too bad, because
3: I got you a credential. <laughs> As just... a sometimes member of management,
2: you're going. Uh, I will not be there. Uh, coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, it's Bischoff's...
3: Bishop's Briefs. I wanted you to see these player evaluations that you asked me to do.
0: Bishop's Briefs.
3: I asked you to do three. Yeah. Bishop's Briefs. To evaluate three players. Yeah. How many did you do? Bishop's
0: Briefs. 47. Okay. Actually, 51. I don't know why I lied just then.
2: Coming up in about 10 minutes, Sam Gordon will join the show. And in about 20 minutes, we'll have tickets to give away to go see Collective Soul. So stay tuned. Bischoff's Briefs today. We got a fun story. Um, This is from John Cross, who's a journalist in England. Police are going to visit 1,000 homes in England to crack down on illegal streaming. They have identified customers from a huge database in, ongoing, in an ongoing criminal investigation and will knock on the doors of people to warn them that they could also face prosecution. They will be ordered to stop immediately and warned of the serious consequences if they carry on watching in one of the biggest clampdowns ever on illegal streaming. Um, this centers around... People illegally streaming Premier League games in England.
3: Just pay the licensing fee.
0: No half my friends and family would be in jail if this <laughs> thing cracked down here.
3: <laughs> but they you don't remember? Start, they, you don't remember when Dana
0: White was gonna th- knock on people's yeah, doors? Yeah, start knocking on our doors. Oh. Forget about it. We might as well just be Newman and say, "What took you so long?"
3: What? One of the greatest things ever was a picture that circulated right when Dana White was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to sit, I'm going to come with the police myself. Yeah. Was a guy holding an Xbox controller in the front, like in the front right corner of a UFC fight. That was obviously the real UFC (laughs) fight, but he was like, nah, I'm streaming. I'm playing (laughs) UFC video games.
2: So here is, so obviously people illegally stream sporting events. Um, Across the world, right? It happens here. But one of the interesting details that happens in England is that games that air or start at 3 p.m. on Saturdays are not allowed to be televised in England. So if your team plays at 3 p.m., you can only watch this in two ways. Number one, go to the game. Or number two, illegally stream another country's broadcast, because right. here in the United States, a game kicks off at 3 p.m. in England. We, we get it here, right? right? Like I can watch it here, but if I was in England, the only way I could watch a Premier League game that kicked off at 3 p.m. would be to illegally stream it if I wasn't at the game. The reason behind it is there's like this, I don't know, decades-old rule. I don't know if it's a law, but it's a rule at least in place that No game, no soccer games can be televised at 3 p.m. on Saturdays because that's when all of the lower leagues play most of their games and they want people to, like, oh, I'll go watch my local team play. If all the Premier League games were on TV, they'd be watching the Premier League. They think more people would say, eh, I can go watch my local team in the sixth division play or I can stay home and watch whatever Manchester City play Liverpool. I'm going to stay home and watch Manchester City play Liverpool. That's the logic behind it. I tried to come up with a comparison. We don't really have anything that has like seven Seven. divisions, but the best I could come up with if it was like, all right, Sundays at one o'clock, you can't watch the NFL because that's when high school football is going to play. Go watch your local high school football team. team. Like that was the best analogy I could come up with, which would be, insane if they did that on Sundays. Yes. Now, that's what they do in England. 3 o'clock, Premier League games, can't legally watch them on television because you're supposed to go watch your 7th Division team play in a crappy field that doesn't even hold. Or you could
0: do neither. Yeah,
2: or you could do not neither and uh, they'll show up at your door just, because you're illegally exactly. streaming <laughs> the game. Uh, so yeah, that's going to happen in England. I do enjoy very much that they're just, according to the story, the police are just going to knock on your door and be like, hey, knock it off. Like, they're not, like, according to the story, they're not showing up and arresting these people. They're just showing up and basically trying to scare them. Basically saying, I mean, hey, we know.
0: Can you figure it out if they're not doing it at the time?
3: I mean, you can track IP addresses to certain sites, and if you have those certain sites tracked, like, yeah, you would you would know, like, yeah, hey, last week you did you were it. watching
0: the Premier League.
3: And this week I noticed you weren't. You were watching something else, and you're a very naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: there was another guy in England who got arrested uh in 2021 and got 16 uh, months in prison but he didn't get arrested because he was watching illegal streams of whatever. he got arrested because he was supplying the illegal streams ah. like he was the one that created I, I think he created a software that you could download that would allow you to you know, illegally stream live TV or he actually somehow had his Netflix account on there that you could just go in and watch his Netflix account. And he got like 16 months in jail, but he was supplying it. And I, I do wonder to an extent, why chase down a thousand people that are watching it and not try to track down the people that are supplying it? And I guess whatever, just somebody else would end up supplying it. But like, if you're in England right now, let, let's say you're in England right now and you're, I don't know who plays the Saturday 3 p.m. time. So, but you're, you're a Manchester United fan in England
0: and they play on Saturday. They
2: play Saturday at 3 p.m. And you see this story Well, they're knocking on the doors of people that, uh, of a thousand people that illegally stream games. You're still illegally streaming Manchester United's game on Saturday, right? Sure. Like I would sure. be, I wouldn't, I'd, be like, yeah. Well, especially the-
0: if I know the only thing they're gonna do is knock on the door and say stop yeah. it.
2: And it's like, and I'm, and like this is the only way I can watch it? Yes. Like, if it was like, hey, uh, just pay for the subscription to whatever Sky Sports, whatever it would be on, then I might be like, okay, I'll I'll pay for it. But if this is my only way to watch it, I'm still gonna <laughs> legally stream. No. Like, I'm going to watch it. So I don't feel like this actually fixes the problem as much as finding the people that are legally streaming it, or Getting rid of this damn 3 p.m. kickoff rule that they have in place.
3: There's an old adage that is that a, anyone who pirates anything is just a dissatisfied customer. Yeah. Like, literally, I would have bought it. Like, the people who were going to pirate it were going to pirate it anyway. But there's a lot of people that are like, no, no, I would gladly pay money. You have not given me the option. Right. And the be- this actually also reminds me, the best thing that someone would need to do is they needs to move to, like, Sweden— because britain left the eu so british <laughs> british streaming laws are no longer like hey i can't violate your copyright because english laws don't apply in sweden <laughs> and you left the eu so you no longer have a leg to stand on i'm going to be supplying as much per- premier league as i want
2: here's the thing though if you were in sweden i think you can watch the 3 p.m games with no problem no but yeah. you would be and supplying your team you say, here you go here's
0: your swedish stream of the English, if I Premier knew League. they were cracking down on it, and like Jared said, there was an option, I would just pay for it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think would just, I would just pay for the stream. Like the cover. the
2: replies to the tweet about this were a lot of them were making fun of it, but were primarily about uh, I can't watch the Premier League at three o'clock on Saturdays. Like they need to make this an option, and and they don't do it because again, there's a rule in place from I think it's from the English. F.A., the Football Association, that prevents it from happening otherwise. like Because they
0: really think you're going to go watch your sixth-level team? They do. They,
3: that's I mean, they I, I unfortunately probably would, but I love minor league sports. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they do free jerseys at uh, sixth-level. I division. no longer. I probably would <laughs> not.
2: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's going to happen. One other soccer story. Uh, reportedly, Zinedine Zidane turned down an offer to manage the United States national team. Um, according to the report, he would, if he would only coach, if he was going to coach a national team, he would only coach the French national team. He has no interest in coaching any other country. Uh, he would take a like club team. Uh, Zinedine Zidane has only managed Real Madrid, a lot of success when he did. So I actually think as, as well regarded as Zinedine Zidane is as a coach, I think based on his past of coaching, he would be a bad fit for the U S Because he's probably only ever coached like 10 times in his life where he didn't have the more talented team.
0: Well, it's interesting because he said he turned down Brazil and Portugal as well. Right,
2: right. He only would coach France apparently. But like when you're the manager of Real Madrid, you play like three games a year where you don't have the more talented team. And that is not the reality for the United States. No, like we're like technically in CONCACAF, right? When we go play in the gold cup, like our play in Honduras. That's like Real Madrid playing the 15th best team in Spain. But when we're trying to win the World Cup, we're going to have to beat teams that are better. Teams that are better. Like
3: four of them.
0: Right.
2: And so if it's a manager that's never had to do that, eh, eh, wouldn't take that. I'd rather have the guy who's coached, like, uh, I don't know, some random MLS team and had to pull off an upset to get there. All right, coming up next, Sam Gordon joins the show.
3: There's no immediate retirement in my future. There was a retirement in the past, but. (laughs) I moved on from that, but certainly not. You know, I made a commitment to this team and I love this team and I love this organization. I told them in March I was playing and I've never quit on anything in my life. I know a bunch of teammates that we all count on one another to be at our best and to work hard and to put the team first. And that's what you commit to. And that's what you want your teammates to commit to as well. And I was a part of an amazing organization that taught me so many great things over 20 years in New England. And I was a part of a great college that it was always about the team. And when I got to the Bucks, I've had nothing but a great experience here. You know, I just, I want to keep fighting as hard as I can. And I'm always trying to do better. I'm always trying to work hard. And I'm always trying to commit more to the things that are important to me. We
0: are back to the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff.
2: Joining us now from the Review Journal is Sam Gordon. Um, Sam, it appears as though... GM Dave Ziegler will be back. Head coach Josh McDaniels will be back. Defensive coordinator Patrick Graham will be back. What do you think it means or what do you think it says that there's not going to be any significant changes at the staff level after the team went 6-11? and
1: uh, Yeah, um, I, I think it means that this is the – I think it means that whatever vision that that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels um, sold Mark Davis or, or, or talked to to Mark Davis about uh, included the expectation, or, or at least on their part, that it, it, it wasn't going it, to it was that they wanted to at least go out and see what it looked like would would look like with a different quarterback, or at least have that option. And I think the contract that Derek Carr signed, right, the extension that he signed last year, given that it has an out, Tyler, that allows the Raiders to get off the deal pretty much scot free, basically reflected that that it would be a, a kind of a one year um, trial run with Derek Carr, and that they were going to get to select their own quarterback. Uh, after that, which they're going to get the opportunity to do, and then that the heat would be on. So, um, from my perspective, that's what that signifies. That's what that represents. Uh, obviously, um, Derek Carr did not play to, to, to the standard that he had previously set. He, it was, you know, by by a number of statistical metrics, uh, the worst year of his career. Uh, I don't think he's entirely at fault for that. I think uh, the coaching was was uh, played a, played a part in that and played a part in his struggles. But nonetheless, he did not play well. Uh, especially down the stretch late in the season, and that is going to necessitate uh, his trade or release or whatever the Raiders figure out. So with that being said, uh, this duo, Josh, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, they're going to get to pick their quarterback, and then we're going to see um, for sure what this thing is all about. That's what I think uh, that that means them coming back next year.
0: How much heat uh, is this whole process now, and what do they tell Mark Davis after this happened this year? What do they tell him in terms of they have to rebuild or they can get it done if they get the right quarterback?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think, um, I think, and you know, based on what our colleague, Vinny Boss, you reported at the Review-Journal, uh, it's no secret Brady and Garoppolo are, are out there and are, are going to be available, and those are, I think, options one and two, respectively, are right at the top. There and those are certainly win now quarterbacks. I mean Brady, at being forty five years of forty five years of age, obviously that is the mode that he's been in for I don't know the last twenty years. And then Jimmy Garoppolo playing with San Francisco, he's a veteran quarterback with it with, with an injury history. Uh, you can't count on him necessarily anchoring a rebuild because of some of those uh, durability issues. So I I, I think uh, look after a six and eleven season when you follow a ten and seven season and you go six and eleven, you lose the way that you did five games blowing double figure leads. In the second half, the the defense allowed more yards. The offense generated fewer yards. Uh, there needs to be significant improvement. So, I don't think this can necessarily be be viewed as a rebuild. When you're in that many close games, and yes, there are there are roster holes and there are roster issues um, per se. But but it's it's not like the Raiders. It's not like them making the playoffs this season was out of the realm of possibility with the resources that they have in place. When we're talking. $60-plus plus million dollars of cap space and a full complement of draft picks, I think the expectation needs to be significant progress. What that, Whether that's a rebuild, whether that's being competitive, whether that's both things at the same time, without, however you want to characterize it, Ed, it needs to be more victories next season because 6-11 and, and stadiums and back-to-back weeks, 80% red, that's not satisfactory. I can't imagine Mark Davis was too pleased about it or anybody that supports the Raiders is too pleased about it. So I think there needs to be tangible progress um, next season, one way or another.
2: Um on the quarterback spot, what are the chances they actually have a quarterback that is better than Derek Carr next season?
1: Oh, uh, that's a great question. I mean, I would, I, I view, I would view Brady as an upgrade, uh, even at this stage of his career. When you take a look at what he's accomplished, you know, just turning forty, and even with the Bucs, this year with offensive line issues that they've had with the some of the injuries that they've had to the playmakers around him, with a lack of a running game, with a defensive oriented head coach. I mean, he was still almost five thousand yards and set the NFL record for completions and won the division. So I think he represents an upgrade. Um, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is is around the same level as Derek Carr. Uh, I think he's more more more. He's had more postseason success. He certainly played on better teams uh, and gives you some a lot of the same things I think Derek Carr did. He's just a little bit more proven in that regard. But other than that, I'm not I'm not you know if if it's not one of those two guys, uh, who are you looking at that represents a significant upgrade? Right? I mean, I think. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, might he be available after what happened the other night in Green Bay? Yeah, perhaps. But what did you see from him last year? I mean, they went, or this year, they, they went 8-9. Um, he, he struggled. He did not, I don't think he had a, like a marquee game at any point this season, so I'm not sure. As, as as goofy as this may sound, I'm not sure a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers represents an upgrade. Maybe he does uh, with with the infrastructure and with some of the perimeter players being reunited with Devontae Adams. If If, if a trade were to consummate with Aaron Rodgers uh and the Raiders you know could is there a, a world in which he he raises his level higher than what we saw from Derek Carr sure but we didn't see anything this past season in 2022 that can guarantee that he would be better moving forward and then i think you know as as good as rookie quarterbacks are in today's day and age Tyler i mean with very few very 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 few exceptions uh it's you're you're not finding a rookie that steps that's going to step in day one and be better than a, you know, a guy with nine years of experience, you know, almost 150 starts, or whatever the number is, in all the franchise passing records. So I, I would say probably 50-50. I mean, I, I think the free agents um, are, are a real thing, Brady and Garoppolo. I think the Raiders are going to pursue those guys, and there's probably going to be some consideration for both guys, I would imagine. Uh, but but other than that, I, I don't think there's any guarantees. It's, it's a risk when you are displacing a, you know, solid, reliable starter, a durable starter uh, in Derek Carr. I mean, look at the quarterback play this season. It's not like there's just 25, 30 great quarterbacks out there. It's a, it's a struggle for sometimes, or a, for some teams, even some of these playoff teams. So uh, there is some risk moving on from Derek Carr.
0: You're Dave Ziegler this morning. What do you do with Josh Jacobs? Do you tag him? Do you do long-term, or do you let him go?
1: Um, I would I would probably – I mean, what player wants to be tagged, right? Like what player wants to be tagged? I don't think any player wants to be t- – it might be nice for that first year to get the payday, but if, if you're working in good faith with Josh Jacobs, it would be a multi-year, some kind of multi-year deal. Um, he's still only 24 years old. He turns 25 in February. He's not, you know, he's not 30, he's not 35, and it's not like he has a ton of wear and tear on him. this is a guy that at Alabama was never the primary ball carrier and then didn't have huge workloads. Of course, he was featured with the Raiders the first three seasons, but he did not have you know, overwhelming workloads until this year. And, and he showed this year, uh, he, I mean, he, he put forth a first-team all-pro caliber season. He showed up in the best shape of his career. Uh, he, he sustained a massive, massive workload behind an offensive line that struggled at times. I think he was he, he showed leadership uh, in spite of what was an up-and-down season. And you talk to all the guys, I mean, we're, we heard all year at how much he's respected in that locker room and he's made clear even through some of the struggles they had he's going on record with us saying that this hopefully is the place that he wants to be uh if it makes sense for him so i think something you know a two three-year deal right you're 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 taking care of a player that's that i believe i believe still has a lot of high level football left and i think there is merit to having a strong running game today i don't think it's a prerequisite but it's certainly a nice element of balance we know josh mcdaniels uh likes to have that and, and even if it's uh, even if it's a deal that, that sees him age into his mid-20s and, you know, 26, 27, 28, uh, I think he's, you know, it's, it's, he's showing that he could, he can handle sustain a big workload that, that he can provide some intangible stuff like that. And that he wants to be part of this culture. So uh, considering both those things, I, that's what I would do if I was Dave Ziegler from now from a team standpoint, from just, you know, a, a, a getting something done, it, the, the transition of franchise tag makes the most sense, but this is, you know, this is a this, yes. This is a business, but it's also a relationship-oriented business. And, and Josh Jacobs had a heck of a season. I think it would show a lot to the people in that locker room about what you're trying to build and and how you view players and how you want to respect and take care of guys. If he was awarded with something uh, beyond just the franchise tag,
2: who wins the Super Bowl?
1: Oh, I, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, it, it's it's just I think they have the best quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. That's not that's not like this bold opinion or anything. He's incredible. Uh, they have an experienced team. I think their defense uh, really started playing better towards the end of the season. They had some issues, you know, with focus at, at, at times like the great teams do. But when you have it's, – it's hard to bet against the, the, the Mahomes and Reed duo with all they've accomplished, all their experience uh, in these situations and, and what they uh, bring to the table. But I like, um, I like San Francisco in the NFC, and uh, obviously Buffalo uh, and Cincinnati are right there. So those, those to me feel like the top four teams with Philly hanging out on the periphery. And ultimately I like the Chiefs to go get it done. Uh, down there in Arizona,
2: he is Sam Gordon from the Review Journal. Sam, as always, we appreciate thanks, it.
1: Thanks, Sammy. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate
2: it. See. To talk soon. So to there's Sam Gordon on ESPN, Las Vegas. We
1: didn't
3: ask him about SpongeBob. <sighs> he's in the, the he's in the right age group. Everyone's. It's been on for 20 yeah. years. <laughs> Everyone is in
2: the right age group. There isn't an, unless like you're 60. Even then, you probably watched it when you were 40. You watched uh, it with your kids. Yeah. Pants. Who isn't in the right, like 80-year-olds, I think, are probably, because their kids would not have had SpongeBob growing up. But even then, if they babysit for like a day,
0: <laughs> for the grandkids. they watch
2: SpongeBob or Bob, whatever the hell the Greek word of Sponge was. Bob.
0: Squarepants. pants.
2: Yes. Everyone's in the right age group for SpongeBob. All right. We got tickets to give away to go see Collective Soul. They're playing at the Pearl at the Palms this Saturday, 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. If you want to go see Collective Soul on Saturday, be calling number five right now at 702-364-1100.
1: Houston, organ- Houston, Texas organization are an atrocity. They are an embarrassment. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're an African-American and you aspire to be a, a head coach in the National Football League, there's 31 teams you should, you should hope for. You should hope beyond God that the Houston Texans never call you. <laughs>
2: so, joining us now is Pomani Jones, the host of Game Theory with Bomani Jones, which will kick
1: off season two on HBO and HBO Max next Friday, January 20th. I think Steven wakes up. Good. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Oh, he's ready. <laughs> Time he's to ready. get up. He's always Listen, ready. But seriously, though, I mean, does
2: he have a point? Because after Lovey Smith took this job last February, you said that you had no reason to believe that this would be lasting. Did you see this coming? Why did you say that? Oh, because the whole organization is a dumpster fire. Like, the thing about it is, I'm not exactly sure who should take that job. Where he says no black person should take that job, I wouldn't recommend a white man take that job either.
3: You're locked in the press box.
2: See, that's that was my point about the Jets' offensive <laughs> coordinator job. You shouldn't want it. Like, it's just going to go poorly for you. Like, in all, in all honesty... If you are going to be a first-year head coach,
0: you probably shouldn't take the Texans'
2: job,
3: right?
0: Yeah, but again, they just they there's that there's that theory in their minds that they can be different and they can turn things around. And how many how many shots do you get at it? If you're if you're going to be a first-time coach, how many shots do you really get at it with thirty-two teams? If you're, I don't know, if you if you're good, good enough that one if. of the teams is considering you.
2: Don't you think you'll be good enough in two years for another team to consider you? There's a lot of dudes who want those jobs. Because if because the 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 idea here is that you're going to take the Texans' job, and you're going to be fired very soon, and your team's going to have been terrible. That's based. They they fired the last two coaches after one year. Maybe you get C.J. Stroud now, and maybe you're like, oh yeah like that guy we're going to win good six things. games <laughs> hey six games six
0: games you might get a five-year extension <laughs> put a statue up for you if you win
2: six um it's just but it's like if you're thinking about the long-term view of your career you're probably better off in whatever offensive coordinator job you have for two more years and hoping that, that someone else likes you The like I don't know the Titans' job comes open. I just a middle of the road NFL job comes open rather than it be the Texans. You're gonna get fired in
3: two years. Maybe only one. It's just in. It's just genuinely embarrassing that they were like, "We're gonna hire Josh McCown." Oh wait, what did what did Flores say? Okay, we're super scared. (laughs) me! I um. I saw somebody
2: tweet that the Texans will definitely hire Josh McCown because the Colts hired Jeff Saturday, and now they don't have to be the first team to hire a former player with zero coaching
0: experience. What? Okay, seems like a very Texans thing to do. But they got
2: rid of um, Nick uh, Casario, the guy who wanted to hire Josh McCown, is no longer there. Now, maybe somebody else wanted to hire Josh McCown too, but the main guy that was apparently
3: pushing that is no longer there. Did you read the conspiracy theory that the Re- Lovey knew he was getting fired, and that's why he kept going for it on fourth down, fourth and twenty, and went for two, was so that he's like, "Yeah, you're firing me, but you're not getting the first overall pick." Well, okay, listen. Even when you are the
2: worst team in the league, final minute you're down by a touchdown, you're going. You have to go for and it. twenty, and then I uh, listen honestly. I believe the two point conversion was simply. This is Texans-Colts. This is the final game of the season. We are not going to overtime. We are not wasting our time. We are not wasting the six people in the stands time. We are not wasting CBS's time. Lovey has to go pack up his desk. (laughs) We are going for two, and we're winning or losing the game now. Now, I I, I honestly believe that's what it was. Now, for Lovey Smith to be like, yeah, they're firing me, and I'm going to screw them out of the one pick, let's go. But, like, the fourth and 20 play... Should have been picked off. A defensive back for the Colts just jumped too yeah. early. Like, at no point was that like a... We- the, the problem for the Texans is benching their starters would not have changed their <laughs> chances to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't like a team where it's like, ah, we can pull our starters and we'll we'll be bad. They already are bad. You, pull, you might be better once you pull the starters. And the problem was they're playing the damn Colts. Yeah. And Jeff Saturday, who again... The only team he beat was the Raiders. Um, I, I want he, Jeff Saturday to get the job. Can you believe John Von Tobel, who was a Colts fan who came on with us earlier, was like, they're hiring Jeff Saturday. Yeah. The, the Chris Ballard, the GM there, his job is to convince Jim Irsay not, not to hire, to hire Jeff, Jeff Saturday. Like, we talk about not wanting to be a head coach. Do you want to be the GM of that team? <sighs> not if Jeff Saturday's the coach. And you have to, you're in a position where you have to talk your owner out of hiring Jeff Saturday which was insane to do in the middle of the season and is now even more well, insane It would be even crazier to, to
0: actually have time to think about it. After he went 1 in yeah. 7 or however many yeah. games
2: he was here to lose. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. I that want them would to do it. Consider hiring Jeff Saturday. I think that would be hilarious. Did I saw people uh people in Indy uh that were tweeting out quotes. There was one from Jeff Saturday after the season who was basically being like, uh, you know, I got Delta bad hand who was like my quarterback, you know, is Matt Ryan. And then we had to play, you know, Nick Foles and all this. He was like, I got Delta bad hand. And they, they tweeted that one. And then they retweeted one from when he got hired, who said the wins and losses will speak for themselves. It's all about the wins and losses here. And now he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't pin those losses on me. Look at the mess. I inherited when, Two months ago, he was like, just well, measure me by the wins, baby.
0: It's like we're going to make all these great moves and we're going to challenge for the playoffs. And now it's about, well, now it's about the process. Yeah, the process. Process.
3: Got a full rebuild.
0: Yeah. yeah, got a full rebuild. It's about the process.
2: We took over a playoff team, got Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones in here. Nope, we weren't no. going to the playoffs. That's no. never what this season was about. Never was. About building for the
0: future. Don't know the timeline. That's I think that's the best one I've heard. <laughs> don't know the timeline. How can you not know the timeline?
3: We got to find the biggest, most athletic quarterback who can't throw the ball, get him in the building, and that'll, that. I mean, I've, I trust me, guys, I've done this before.
2: Listen, the Raiders don't know the timeline because in reality, the timeline is whatever season Patrick Mahomes suffers a significant injury. Oh, that's oh, the, that's the timeline. The
3: 08 Dolphins, the right. one with the wildcat. Yes. Right.
2: That's the timeline. <laughs> is if in all honesty, the timeline is hang around be okay and then that year that Mahomes is hurt, be ready to win the division right. at 10 and 7.
3: Ten and seven. <laughs> that's nine and eight. That's
2: no, no. You get a free win over the Chiefs because Chad henney has got to play. You only, you win. You split. You still lose one of them, but you split, <laughs> and that's how you get to ten and seven and win the division. That, in all honesty, that's the timeline for the Raiders and the Broncos. Is look, Mahomes, if he's going to be the quarterback for another decade, odds are he's going to have one year where he suffers a significant injury and can't play. Right? It happened to Brady. It happened to Rogers. Like. These guys that stay with one team for two decades. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl during that season. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. They might not win it. Mahomes might not be able to look left or right. But somehow they'll still win the division. But odds are he's gonna he's gonna have an injury that keeps him out for ten plus games. That's when you gotta strike. Knowing this division, though. Chad even with will, Herbert. Chad Henney will still be the backup, and Chad Henney will come and in. And Herbert him. will be even better than he is. Right, and Henney will the, – the no, the Chiefs will still win the division. Chad Henney will be like, oh, yeah, I threw for five touchdowns against the Raiders because <laughs> obviously I threw for five touchdowns against the Raiders.
3: Yeah, they were they split me out as a wide receiver. It was a toss to me, and I threw a touchdown. <laughs> we ran the ring around the rosy the ring, puddle. The ring around they the Rosie had no twice. idea what was coming,
2: yeah. and we scored a touchdown. And that one random guy for the Broncos got really, really mad at us. But Josh McDaniel said it was fine, so we kept doing it.